I've always liked to see uh, overarching storyline when it comes to content. Like, can I become better at the thing? That was the overarching thing. Mm -hmm. And then the sub stuff was like, learn how to do it then. Because that was the only thing I could do content-wise. I couldn't say, use this disc because it's the thing. I still don't really do that because I don't know. I think content needs to be... Like, you have to be genuine. You have to be real about the fact that if you don't know a thing, say you don't know the thing. Welcome to Patent Pending, a show about the future of disc golf. I'm Jesse from Trash Panda, and on the show today, we have a masterclass in creating content and telling stories with Jonathan from Latitude 64. What do you think of when I say the term content creator? Maybe it's a specific person you follow, maybe it's something you do and identify as yourself, or maybe it's your dream career. But what does it mean to be a content creator? And better yet, what even is content? If you've watched Disc Golf on YouTube anytime in the past three years, then it's likely that you've watched one of Latitude 64's videos with their hilarious host and personality, Jonathan Fassborg. Much like his content, Jonathan in real life is funny, humble, and an incredible teacher. But even more, Jonathan is a master storyteller. So in this episode, I'm simply going to get out of the way and let Jonathan answer those questions himself, all starting with what his relationship was like with media growing up. It has always been not troublesome, but I've never been able to to watch like Swedish content or Swedish movies and stuff because I got really like you don't talk like that in real life. Like the the, the dialogue that is mm -hmm. off. That is not real. So I had a really hard time with that. And so I always looked at American or English content or, or stuff like that. But. I think I've always been fascinated with how to tell a story. I think that's been something that I've enjoyed watching for, yeah, since I was a kid, I would say, yeah. Would you say that story kind of led into the desire to study, like, journalism and just radio in general? Was it kind of story? Did you relate to radio even at, at that point as opposed to movies? I would say that storytelling, no matter how you do it, if it's a, a, a picture or a meme or a clip or, or podcasting, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just how do you tell that story you want to tell. Also, I've always been fascinated with how to tell a story and how to teach. Hmm. And th those two is sort of intertwined, I, I find. Because if you tell a good story, you teach what's within that story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Can you track that to any kind of like early inspiration for you? Was there a teacher or a specific my dad. creator or something? My dad. Because he, he was a teacher. He's still alive, but he's uh, old. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I was planning on becoming a teacher. But sort of journalism oh, is quite close to being a teacher in, in the sense of you love to learn and you would like to tell other people what you've learned sort of thing. Yeah. Creating content is really so much about learning and so much about just general trying new things and trying things that like testing out hypotheses and whatnot mm -hmm. in terms of like the first time 
you created content was it led by that just general curiosity like would you say you're like a curious person I would say so because when I started making uh, YouTube videos prior to Latitude 64, I I did a podcast that was uh, two minute episodes, and within those two minutes, I had to try to learn and then teach a subject, whether it be like, what, where does the moon come from? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know hmm. what a black hole is. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I sort of. I, I did one episode each day because I thought of two minutes. You have to brush your teeth for two minutes. Uh-huh. So then you can listen to the podcast, learn something. So yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. So studied journalism, started a podcast, eventually ending up here. Can you kind of take us through how all of that came about? How, how you made it to Latitude? Let's tell a story here. Take us. I, I was sitting in my car and this was in Umeå, a place further south. And I was listening to a radio show, and I had no idea what was going on. There was like hmm. four guys randomly talking about something. I was like, what is happening here? And it was actually a stu- student radio f- for the university, uni studio radio. And I asked them, like, could we, because like, I didn't study there, could we yeah. also do this radio thing? And they were like, sure. So me and a friend, we started a radio show that we sort of took local bands and stuff like that and so that that sort of led into radio studying radio but i didn't know if i wanted to study radio because at at the time i was traveling out i think i sort of semi lived in barcelona busking on the street (laughs) for some reason yeah and but then i got in and i was like happy about it i felt good so like I guess I moved back to Sweden with all the snow now. Mm. And so I started there for three years, sort of got a taste of video production because I studied radio, but you could sort of, sort of pick another course that was yeah. uh, video production. And we got a, an assignment that was really interesting that really clicked for me because everyone got the same material, the same sort of eclipse. Mm-hmm. I made the story to become two guys being really like passionate and in love with each other and everyone in the class were like how what is going on here they Hmm. were just standing out outside smoking and then it was like aha you can really manipulate for the lack of a better word there mostly anything and then i started making the podcast and then the podcast turned into youtube and then i started working with like video production just in a studio for educational other stuff. What kind of equipment were you using at that point? Like in when you started working with video, what kind yeah. of equipment were you getting just, started with? I just a Canon camera that my friend borrowed me. I had no idea. And sort of a lavalier mic thing. Okay. No idea. Yeah. It looks really shitty. <laughs> but that's fine. But you send a letter when I applied for the job here. Like, oh, yeah. so do some YouTube videos. And David, the CEO looked at the YouTube channel and he was like, hmm. well, okay, this is interesting. And then he said, you can't get the job you're applying for right now, but you can get a job just making YouTube videos for us. And I was like, fine, I'll, okay then. Uh, so that is the story b- behind how I ended up. That's wild to think that like a no actually turned into a no, but we actually have another opportunity and he saw something in you where 
it just makes me think there's so many versions of that story where the opportunity is missed. And oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, I mean, that's just insane. So what became that job? What would you say the role became at that point? Was it literally your title is YouTube creator or was there mm. more design and intent behind it? It was kind of scarily spot on with what I'm doing right now. It was becoming some sort of face of Latitude 64. And when I got an email, because I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then a couple of months later, before I started, like, so what am I actually going to do then? And it was pretty much this, not in those actual words, but like do video content. But it wasn't like how to do it. I have no idea how I'm supposed to do the thing when I got here. It was just like, I don't know anything about disc golf. I better do some video here. Hmm. And so it wasn't really set a plan, do this and then that and then that. It was just new. They sort of lagged behind a little bit with video production. So the role was really broad because it was a brand new sort of role. It was kind of, here's what to do and we'll let you define how. Would that be fair to say? Like, we would like to see you... over there but the road there you can sort of and i had a a brief discussion with david the ceo saying like okay i'll do whatever i want until someone says stop doing the thing you're doing right now because it's really weird and not good so far so good so that is sort of the premise of this job i I, i'm so lucky dude I'm just listening. Explain that. What do you mean by I was so lucky? First off, I was thrown into uh, this great community of disc golf that I have no idea what it was Hmm. about. I had no idea at all. Literally, how many times had you played before? Had you touched a disc before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know what disc golf was until I applied for the job. For some reason, there was a a starter set, Discmania, that is, uh, sitting at home. And I was like, what is this? This is disc golf discs. I took one out. I don't know which one it was. I threw it on top of a roof. That was the first thing. And then I started at Latitude 64. (laughs) So that was my introduction. I threw one disc. I think it was a driver on the top of a a roof. And I couldn't get it back. I was like, okay, this is fun. (laughs) When you were standing and pointing to where you were going to throw, where was Mm. that roof in proximity to you? Was it in front of you, behind you, to your left, to your right? very much on the left side okay yeah <laughs> just an overstable nose up top, oh yeah oh yeah which if people look back that form continued early on into some of oh, your videos still with your progress still going strong <laughs> with a up nose high sir high throw but you've learned at least enough to know no roofs present yeah yeah just middle of field yep. yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so early on, you didn't have your, your, you had the what, you had the goal, but you didn't have the how of getting there. Mm-hmm. And w- when did it click? Because early on, s- some of your content is really focused on you being a beginner yeah. and whatnot. When did that story click for you as something you could bring, you know, Latitude's audience and the audience you would continue to build along for? What Was that pretty early on or how, how did you come across yeah, that? Yeah, that was sort of the third video was the Disc Golf Basics series. Because first off, I didn't know how to, I didn't know anything. And I've always liked 
to see uh overarching storyline when it comes to content like can i become better at the thing that was the overarching thing mm -hmm. and then the sub stuff was like learn how to do it then because that was the only thing i could do content -wise. i couldn't say use this disc because it's the thing i still don't really do that because i don't know i think content needs to be like you have to be genuine you have to be real about the fact that if you mm -hmm. don't know a thing say you don't know the thing don't say you know the thing <laughs> if you yeah. don't know the thing so that was really important for me and still is really important mm. the, because you're trying to build a trust with the audience i would say i i didn't know anything else i could do uh, at that time but i've always been fascinated with looking at p people trying to learn a skill because mm -hmm. you can learn yourself you can laugh at the person <laughs> yeah and stuff like that so i i just thought it was a, a interesting take on on it and it just yeah. happens to be the explosion of of disc golf right there and then yeah that was mid 2020 mm -hmm. that was right as everything was blown up yep we've been talking subliminally this whole time about youtube and not much about other content categories or mm -hmm. platforms was youtube kind of like was that part of the initial job too was it like we need you to do this thing or was it kind of open to you to decide it was i had a conversation with johanna nanny nannies i've actually <laughs> I, i've ruined his name actually that's really funny everyone calls him johanna nannies <laughs> that's great no he had he, it was sort of the first day or something he went over like we have this instagram thing and we have mm -hmm. the blah, blah, blah. And then we have the thing that everyone sort of forgot. And that was the YouTube channel. For me, that was like, okay, then I can have that platform and do whatever I want. Because I'm not going to yeah. ruin something that's, I'm not going to say broken, but it wasn't optimal, in, in mm. my opinion. So yeah. I was allowed that, just have this, have this thing. Just, you can You can own this lane. Yep. And kind of take it from there. Was there something about YouTube that you thought, like, did you see the potential in YouTube? Or was it, like, if there was any other channel that had been underutilized, would you have just gone to that thing? Was it just the opportunity where no one was optimizing it? Or was it coincidental that you also knew there was so much potential in YouTube? I think I think it was due to just the, the long uh, format thing with it. Because at the time... I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe Instagram had some uh, limits and stuff. So I think it was that like uh, here I can tell the story uh, sort of the way I want to. Yeah. With reels and everything and shorts and stuff like that. I, I find it really interesting. We're maybe going to talk about that. Stick around. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw that the way I wanted to because I work with YouTube prior to it so it was it felt fitting and talk about that later we did when we come back jonathan and i explore what he's learned in three years at latitude how companies should approach content new platforms that he's interested in and the secret to making the perfect vlog Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Disc golf content is what Jomez Pro does best. And in large part, it's due to the support from fans like you. 
So this season, as a patent-pending listener, you can save 20% on your next purchase from the Jomez Pro store by using the code PATPEN20 at checkout. That's all caps, P-A-T-P-E-N-D, and the number 20. This code will be live for all of 2023, can only be used once per customer, and can't be combined with any other coupon codes or used to purchase gift cards. So consider helping support the show today while saving big at jomezpro.com with code PATPEN20. We truly appreciate your support. Welcome back to the show. So by now you know that Jonathan is a truly hilarious storyteller, but it's time to zero in. From thumbnails to TikTok and from editing vlogs to his template for making the perfect YouTube video, the second half of our conversation is chock full of hidden gems. In particular, what stuck out to me above all else was simply how much he loves our sport as well as serving and giving to his audience. The word authenticity came to mind for me throughout. And yes, of course, there are still some laughs to be had, plus Jonathan even sings some Linkin Park at one point. So like I said at the top, I'll continue to get out of the way and let Jonathan offer us lessons from his past five plus years of making content. I would say that it's just quite random. I'm sure it's not random, but it feels random because some videos has performed there's so many views and I look at them like the editing is weird and the stuff is, but it's something with it. it it's sort of, it captured maybe a feeling or something that it is hard to replicate. And I, tr- mm-hmm. I, I don't think you should try to replicate stuff like that because I don't know, then it's just a shitty copy of the thing. Just try to make mm. something new. But I would say that what keeps me on my toes is the level of editing you have to do to be on the level of like getting tons of tons of views. If you look at like Mr. Beast, look at those videos. They're on crack, man. It's so, (laughs) that's content on crack for sure. I'm I'm editing a video now. It's a bit on crack, (laughs) but I like it though. So that is something I didn't know. I I knew sort of like any dull moments, kill it with fire. But like you have to like use napalm. With that, just diving in specific to your story, something you I think can talk to perfectly. Vlogs are an interesting one in disc golf. I, I find that a lot of times when different content creators, specifically on YouTube, attempt to make a vlog, yeah. it's it's kind of less engaged. It's more for the core audience. Yeah. However, you have a vlog that has higher views than probably most of your average views from mm. last year, if you will. And it was when you came to America for the first time mm. and kind of just your experience going to DDO Mm-hmm. With that, while watching it, I just feel like the editing behemoth that it was. I yeah. mean, watching it, I just felt like you spent two full weeks just watching yourself say the same things over and over and editing that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Like, what actually was that like? It was rough, man. <laughs> it was a lot. But I would say that I tried to, as much as possible, have a clear storyline, as clear as possible, prior to even recording. It's like we mm. got up on a day. It's like today we're going to film this and only mm. this because we wanted also to meet p- 
people and see some like yeah. our pros playing and stuff like that and just enjoy life if you just have the camera in your face it can take some of the enjoyment out of it of the experience of just being there and mm. i would say this is weird man uh the u.s is the only country i've been to that i've i've sort of missed is that weird hmm. is that weird i want to i think about it weirdly a lot was it and Applebee's? Was it Duncan? <laughs> what was it? Oh, we got so trucks? much shit for that. Was it the trucks? What did uh, you miss? The, the trucky truck. They're so trucky. <laughs> now I would say the people. Like the people in the US are so nice. Hmm. It's weird, man. Like nice weird. The lady at the airport called me honey straight away. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know how to, co- like, should I tell, like, hello also to you, sweetie. <laughs> So I didn't know, but I, it was really nice. But, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it was a lot of editing in, in that. But not as much as you think, I think, hmm. because I had a, sort of a clear storyline in my mind. You've been very cheery about the conversation so far, but being someone who actually has posted some YouTube videos, I can attest to the fact, and I know you know, that it's not always easy. And no. sometimes you make that thumbnail that you oh. know is going to perform perfectly, and it it doesn't hit at all. Yeah. Or you make that video that you spent so much care and attention to mm-hmm. and people don't engage with it and the audience retention is as low as it's ever been. Yeah. What's the why for you of just continuing to show up on YouTube? I have to assume that it's not just a consistent paycheck for you. No, and that's never been the case because I, I think if you're at, at your core, just want to tell the best story that you can i think that is given you you have to have that and also the thing we talked about being lucky i feel like disc golf and the way i want to make videos work with each other Hmm. and that's also why why i feel lucky i also feel lucky that i actually like disc golf because it could be that was a risk yeah i threw that disc mania disc it was like this not for me let's work (laughs) with this for three years so that was lucky so is it that it's kind of just a consistent platform for you to be able to exercise your like storytelling muscles is that kind of the thought process yeah i think so i think and it's not it's nice when that generates sales for the company but that's never the sort of intent i kind of want to capture the how I look at disc golf, the the feeling of it. Uh, and that for me is the most important part. And actually showing the products and stuff, that is always secondary because I think that's the way to go on, on social media platforms. And I hope more companies realize that. Hmm. Like Addy ads don't work that well. Cue ad break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as to why, uh, b- back to as to why, yeah, I would say that tell, to to be able to tell stories that you want to tell to because for every video, the one I'm editing now, there's some stuff there. I don't know if it's going to like fly, but I wanted to try them out either way. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's such a good I mean, content in general is such a good example of if you're not growing 
you're dying kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's no like true stagnation on it because people don't consume the same thing they consumed yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the most viral content today is not necessarily what's going to be the most viral content in two years. And you constantly have to be improving and learning. So it kind of takes your storytelling gene and it sounds like your curiosity and kind of combines them in a really unique way. Mm -hmm. But I would say also that the constant grind is something that everyone has to do because i mean there's some hierarchy on youtube where like you have the bigger channels but the bigger channels they can't get away with like crappy content maybe for one two three videos but youtube looks at like how long the the the, the view duration what's it called the thing the click retention and how, yeah, yeah yeah and you could be a, a smaller a YouTube channel and, and perform really, really well because your content yeah. is really well structured. So that gives it a constant stress, but also everyone has sort of the opportunity to be successful. So I like that. Going into exactly what you create then, I kind of want to do a little rapid fire here with some of your content yeah. just to kind of pick out some of the nuggets and whatnot. As far as just how you would describe the content you create in like one or two sentences on Latitude's channel, what would you say? What like describe? Yeah, I would say how to do disc golf and have fun doing it. What would you say in your opinion? This might not reflect in the views Mm. is the best thumbnail you've created to date. That would be me and Johanna Nenes lying in a tent, half naked. <laughs> and it was at Järva, the sort of number one disc golf course yeah. in Sweden. How long is an hour? How long is an hour? I would say 60 minutes. Is that from the US trip video? For the people to understand, they probably need to watch your US <laughs> vlog. Yeah, you have to watch every, every video on the YouTube channel, I think. What's one detail? in a video that no one's ever noticed. Oh, I know this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I have we the perfect know. one. Oh, I spent a long time for this as well. It was actually <laughs> in that video, uh, like uh, how good is the number one disc golf course in Sweden? Mm-hmm. In, in a scene there where, cause we stopped at a random abandoned little cabin, super yeah. creepy. It was super creepy at night. Like we, cause we used sort of red lights and just, Ran, ran around screaming for some reason, me and Johannes. But I, I spent hours, Jesse, hours editing my daughter's face. And I, I photoshopped it so she's really, really creepy. Really, really <laughs> creepy. Because I want to just... It's just one person. And I, I sort of... She was a ghost inside that cabin thing. She was standing okay, in yeah. the mirror, in, in the window, like... Like, really <laughs> creepy. I was like... Please, can just someone on Reddit or something just pick out, like, did you see the creepy girl at the thing? <laughs> but no one has seen it. So I dare you. Go look at the video and try to see. Go She's in it. the bottom left window. Yeah. All right. All right. It's like the Where's Waldo of Latitude 64 yeah. videos, but it's yeah. a little creepier. And it took a long daughter. time. Don't tell my boss because <laughs> it took like a day. <laughs> Does your daughter know about it? Uh, yeah, I showed her. Okay. That's you. She's like, Dad. <laughs> I th- she, she thinks it's funny. If someone hasn't engaged with your content, mm. w- what one video would you point them to? Start here. 
Well, I would say if you don't know disc golf, do the disc golf basic series. I would say mm -hmm. like maybe how to putt better with Tumas, but maybe I, I think storytelling wise, maybe the Yerba video or the U.S. trip. I would say because mm -hmm. that is how I like to tell stories. You mentioned going into things, especially in your vlogs, with a story ahead of time kind of in mind already. How do you think through balancing the story that you want to tell with allowing for room for what might happen that you can't expect before filming? How do you balance those two things? I'm always open-minded with stuff happening. And usually because those things are spontaneous and mostly like fun to incorporate in the video but I, I would say it's hard also when we have scripted videos the the one i'm editing now um doing a speaker voice thing and that that because then you have to act a little bit so it fits the pace of the the video and stuff like that it's hard to have a script for me hmm. but to give it structure it's needed sometime yeah so you go in with a general idea a, Sometimes. a thumbnail, maybe mm, a couple yeah, yeah. tips from the audience, mm. title even. Like, are you thinking thumbnail and title oh, yeah, before, yeah. before it goes up? Yeah, I have a template that I it, it starts with one thing. I don't know why it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I start with like just writing down the idea and then uh, title suggestions and thumbnail suggestions and b-roll stuff and then a shot list and then the script hmm. and then could i uh, like point people to another video the sort of or another channel and stuff like that then i look at like videos similar to that video and then like is there some stuff here that i can borrow and yeah th the more i've done that the easier it is to actually sh shoot and edit the video i find I have to imagine, going back to the very beginning of this mm. podcast, that when you made your first video for Latitude or your second or your third, you didn't have that same template. Oh, no. That, no, no, no. And so I want to be talking about YouTube, obviously, because that's where you excel. But at the end of the day, some of these lessons in terms of content go well beyond just singular platform. Yeah. What set you up to create that template as far as like each platform has its own algorithm, is designed in its own way for mm. like, you know, thumbnails matter in this use case way more than they they matter on this platform yeah. or whatever. What, what do you think set you up to do that, to create that kind of a template? I think it was just me trying to help myself out and not leaving stuff out because it's easy to you've shot a video and then i just want to upload now and then you don't th maybe think about the thumbnail and stuff like that and it's really important to have a good thumbnail so it, it was just trying to help myself out i would say but in terms of which platform for me it it's quite similar because it's Maybe it's more rapid on like TikTok and stuff like that, but it's trying to uh, grab the attention and keep the attention from uh, from the audience in a in a good way and give something back hopefully. So it doesn't really matter that it's YouTube or TikTok or Instagram and stuff like that. I don't I don't think in besides the thumbnail and maybe the title and stuff like I don't really think that I'm putting this on YouTube and it's just YouTube. Hmm. It's just 
this is a video that I, uh, in my opinion, is funny and watchable and stuff like that. And it doesn't really matter what platform it, it's on. I don't think about it like that. Would you say, is there like, are there any kind of common mistakes you see that you're trying to avoid or... Um, I know, I know you consume content regularly as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. from, from others, whether it's in disc golf or outside of disc golf, are there any like common mistakes that if I'm, if I'm just starting out, you'd be like, just, you can avoid this and you'll be okay. Or try not yeah. to do this. There's one thing that I constantly, constantly think about. And that is no one cares about you sort of, they care about the story and, the. Uh, feeling you can capture within your story but mm -hmm. people don't care about you sort of right and it, you have to make content for the viewer for mm. yourself in that like you because you can ask yourself do i like this or do i like that is important yeah but it's for the audience that you're making the the thing so if you start out with oh, i'm gonna show my day because that is really interesting Mostly, it's not really interesting. If you have a good story within that, that can be interesting. So, but but that is also a p paradox because you you make content f sort of for yourself, but also for the audience. I don't know really how to describe it. You just have to. People consume content in a selfish manner, myself mm. included. I want something from the content, whether it be mm -hmm. information or a laughter. And if I don't get it, I'm not maybe gonna watch the other video that content creator mm. makes. Are um, you are you your ideal audience? Is that kind of like is that a thing you think about, and does that help in making content? I don't know. I, I, there are so many because with every video, I have like jokes that I don't know what the reaction would be. I just showed. The, my my edit I'm doing now for the whole office, and that is always sort of semi terrifying, because oh, are people gonna laugh or people gonna get the joke and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I make content that I want to consume, and I've gotten to a point where I can sort of trust that people are also gonna enjoy that content. Are there any new platforms that are kind of piquing your interest or new features on platforms that are piquing your interest? Yeah, shorts, TikTok, reels, the same thing. That sort of really, really condensed storytelling. It's, yeah, I like that. Are you looking at, I mean, speaking from running a company that has, is creating content, like, are you looking at shorts, TikTok, or reels or are you looking at all of them and just regurgitating content on each one like what's your mm -hmm. what's your how are you thinking about that for me i'm thinking shorts on youtube is separate from the other ones you could repurpose on instagram sure but okay i, I think when i look at shorts on youtube the things that i like to see it's very sort of high end it not high end in like quality of the footage i don't care about that but the storytelling and the editing but tiktok and and reels are more experimental especially tiktok so i would like tiktok is the playground youtube is storytelling like really focused storytelling i would say mm. not that sort of because at the moment i think being on tiktok you can uh look at 
a flower and someone says, Oh, this is gonna be viral, says the flower. And that video is now viral. I don't think that that works on YouTube because that is mm. TikTok. So it's a bit different, but uh, Instagram and TikTok quite similar, I would say, with the reels and uh, yeah. Huh? That's that's a really interesting way to think about it. Of the one side being experimental and one mm -hmm. side then taking those lessons and kind of applying them more deeply. That's I wouldn't have thought of it that way. Yeah, because TikTok is on the like edge of content right now. So sort of when usually this is the the evolution of, of social media platforms yeah. you get a media platform that blows up whether it be whatever and the kids go there the young the young the young ones the early adopters are there. Yeah, yeah 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 and they're like this is the this is this is great and then comes the the creeps up in age and then the companies comes after because mm -hmm. they get the um like audience the the potential customers or whatever but then when you're there as a company, I think it's super important to realize that you're, you're, what was it called? You're forcing yourself into a, a, a otherwise like personal feed because there weren't yeah. companies there before. So there you have a great opportunity to, to be personal, to be funny, to be, but don't be the corporation. Like don't be, because it doesn't work because you're in the way of Someone being on the toilet, just wanting to relax. <laughs> Don't be there with you. Buy the thing. Huh. And I would say I, I was being thrown into like a full-time job doing this. And mm. I, I got that paid my bills from day one. But to build mm. an audience, to build like becoming an entrepreneur via social media is yeah. not like I don't. People do that, and it's really, really cool mm. and super hard knowing how much time it takes to make content. And given that I was like thrown into this with us on a silver silver platter, like here, do this full time. Not everyone gets that sort of advantage right off the bat. So I have a lot of respect for people doing content and like creating their own thing. Yeah. That's a perfect segue then to the question, if you had a platform to speak to anyone who was just kind of thinking about making content or interested in starting a YouTube channel or something like that, what, if you were to boil it down to kind of one, one big thing, what would, mm. what would you say? Start before you're ready. I would say that I got that. I heard that term before I made my first YouTube video. And mm. cause if you, if you wait, I'm like, I have to have the right equipment. I have to have the perfect video. Probably not going to be that, but because mm. it, it's a learning curve for everyone and to see it as a process and just start doing it. That's the first thing, because then you get feedback or no feedback. That is also feedback. What you're mm. doing is not engaging enough. Yeah. So just just start uh, i would say that's the most important part because it's not going to be perfect that's jonathan fastborg from latitude 64. by the way in the episode he referred multiple times to a video he was in the middle of editing and that video is actually live on his channel now sneak peek it has to do with him 3d printing the most understable disc in the world but before i let him off the hook i had one final question and it had to do with his recent birthday 
you just two days ago turned 34. Happy yeah, I birthday. Did. I did. Um, Thank you. You made it one year past Jesus. Well done. Uh, yeah. Every year is bonus now. <laughs> every year is just icing on the yeah, cake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As far as lessons learned throughout your life, is there anything in 34 years, a lesson that's kind of turned into a rule for you for life? Don't care about what, what people think, care about how they feel, maybe. But like, I, I think that's a good rule of thumb. Like, don't care. It, it doesn't mm. matter. As long as you're not hurting people, don't hurt people. I think that's also a good rule of thumb. Don't hurt people and don't care about what people think. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Patent Pending is presented by Joe Mez Pro, and you can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow us on Instagram for more consistent updates, we are at Patent Pending Show. And if you want to contact the team, our email address is patentpendingshow at jomezpro.com. This episode was produced by Andy Padula with music composed by Starframe. I'm Jesse from Trash Panda, and you've been listening to Patent Pending. <laughs>